So there's a story behind this. We went down, uh, several of us went down to Tulsa back in, I think it was April, and saw Mario Morello. And the worship team got up and they performed this song. And I watched this quiet spectator stand up and erupt. And I mean, just, you couldn't keep her quiet. And I realized that she had such a beautiful voice, and she, she truly loved this song. And so, for me, I'm just like, well, it's a good time to put her on the spot. And just before she goes into her message, you know, have her sing the song. I mean, you'll appreciate it. I know you will. And so, like I said, I'm just buying time. She'll be here in just a minute. Uh, it's been great so far. And Mark, I really appreciate your message because there's so much meat to that. I'm going to be digesting that all night long. All night long. It was a great message, and I really appreciate it. So I would like to ask LaShawn to come on up. And LaShawn... Do you want the full worship team behind you? Because they'll do it. I'll let her gather things. Hang on just a second. Pastor Shannon was right when he said, you know, we just kind of go with the flow of it, right? Let the Holy Spirit move. Let us enjoy His presence. And so, uh, First Lady LaShawn, are you okay with the whole worship team being behind you as you sing this song for us? Okay. Okay. What, do you know what key? No? Okay. Do they play by ear? I don't know. I'll let you talk with that. Well, you said this all up. <laughs> he asked her what key, and I said, I don't know. She'll sure adapt. Rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. 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 
um, when Reverend Chris came. Amen. Can you hear me? Yes. Praise the Lord. So uh, when Reverend Chris asked, uh, you know, about one of my favorite songs, this is one of my favorite songs, How Great Thou Art. Um, because when I think about the Lord, I just have to think about how good he is. So instead of me just sing, standing up here singing a solo, everybody else will stand up and we'll join in. And we just come for no other reason but to praise and worship the Lord. Amen. Amen.
things, my soul, my Savior God to be.
We've been coming here since Thursday night expecting, expecting God to do something in our lives, expecting God to move in our lives. We come to revival expecting a word, and I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it is right now. Amen. Amen. I just want to share something with you that, you know, when I when I get ready to open up my word and read and study, um, you know, I always pray and ask the Lord, um, you know, to open up his word. Amen. So when I pray, hey, Pastor Ron, when I pray, I talk to God. I have a conversation with God. I'm in relationship with the Lord. So when I pray, I talk to him. I let my request be known. I thank him for everything. So when I talk to God, um, I'm in conversation with him. When I open his word, he's in conversation with me. When I pray, I talk to the Lord. When I open his word, he's in conversation with me. And he has so much love. I call this book the love letter. Um, he has so much in here for me. When I open this word, this just lets him know how much he loves me. So when I uh, um, get ready to read and study my Bible, I read it with expectancy. I'm looking to hear something for the Lord. When I want a word from the Lord, I don't have to wait till revival. I don't have to wait for Dean Sykes to come in town. I don't have to wait for Pastor Ron to get up in the pulpit and pro proclaim. When I'm looking for a word, ladies and gentlemen, I can come straight to the Bible because this is God's word, amen? And we come to revival looking for a word. If anybody brought your Bible with you, you got your word, amen? But I'm telling you, when we look at the word, we need to look at it with expectancy. We just look at the word, Lord, I need to hear from you. And that's what we pray. Lord, I need a word from you. I need to hear from you. Please, Lord, make it plain and clear. And that's how I talk to the Lord. I don't know how you talk to him or even if you do. But I would just say, when you get ready to open up his word, just ask him, show me, Lord, speak to me, Lord, make it plain and clear, because that's when you receive a word from the Lord. So we're talking about revival, ladies and gentlemen, and I want everybody to turn to Colossians chapter 3. We're talking about revival, and a lot of us have been here Thursday night, Friday night, and here we are into today. So somebody came expecting something because we keep coming back and back and back, Pastor Doug. So we keep coming, expecting something from the Lord, because I'm telling you, if anybody has a full-time job, after you get off of work, well, hey, Sister John, after you get off of work all day, you don't feel like, okay, once you get home, and then packing up and going somewhere else, and that's a Thursday, and then Friday. Last night when we came into Tony, and we were coming to the fairgrounds, uh, we had to pass the high school. And I told my husband, I said, wow, the whole town of Tonga Nazis at the football game. And so we were walking, watching the people, um, you know, walking across the street. They were parked across the street at the vet. They were parked down the street. They were parked down the, uh, everywhere. You know, they were coming to the football game. And I heard last night was homecoming. But I was just watching all the people and the stands were packed and there were cars all over. The parking lot of the school was all filled up and families. I saw families coming to the game last night together, Pastor Ron. I saw the mama, the daddy and all the kids and everybody had on red and everybody was excited. And we were just looking at all the cars and all the people. And then I heard my husband just bust out and pray and said, Lord, what if all of these families and all of these people who are expecting to go to this football game and expecting the chieftains to win. What if all of them were coming to the Prairie Fire Revival, Lord, and he was having a conversation with the Lord? And Lord, what if all of these people, the daddy was here and mama was here and all the kids were here? What if all of those people were all dressed up on one accord going somewhere with expectancy? Lord, how come they just couldn't be coming to church with that same expectancy or coming to you? And I heard my husband have this conversation with the Lord when we saw all of those people at the football game and they went to the football game with expectancy that their team was going to win and we were going to show our support by putting on that red shirt because that means that we're with you and I was just watching the people and all of the people and everything and said and Lord just think 
if we could all just get on one accord and if daddy, the head of the house, was leading the family and mama was right here following him and all of the kids was following him, but we were all expecting to be with the Lord and to go to church and to live for Christ and be a family on one accord expecting to see the move of God. What would our community be like if that was the expectancy from the family? None of that's on my notes. I don't even know where that came from. So let me just get back to where we were going. Have mercy. Just think if people would come with an expectancy for the Lord. And that's another reason why the Lord inputs on Chris and Pat's heart every year. You know, people, a lot of people are going to church. A lot of people aren't going to church as a family. So what if we just make it at the fairgrounds? You know, if we said that a revival was going to be at First Baptist Church, oh, somebody wouldn't come just because of Baptist. If we said that the revival was going to be at the Methodist Church, somebody wouldn't come because of Methodist. What's the excuse? It's at the fairgrounds. There's no denomination tied to this. So what's the reason why now? So instead of right now, this is, I'm trying to get back here, but this isn't even Bob on the paper. Um, what if we, the people who are here right now, we don't concentrate right now on everybody who went to the game last night, but the few of us that are in here, we came for revival. So I hope that you have your gear on expecting a move from God because that's why we're here, amen? amen. Let's go to Colossians 3. Uh, and we're going to start with verse number one. And um, verse number one says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Let me stop right there because this isn't for everybody. If you, everybody hasn't been raised with Christ. So right now, I'm just going to talk to those of us who have. That's all right. Everybody hasn't been raised with Christ. So this doesn't apply to everybody. Let me just show by a show of hands. If you've been raised with Christ, let me see your hands. Because I need to know who I can look at while we go through these couple scriptures. All right, amen. I think I'm in the right place, Chris. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you have died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. That was verses 1 through 4. Now remember, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, I said when I read the Bible, I ask the Lord to show me, speak to me, tell me what it is that you want me to know. So in just reading those first four verses, and I've been raised with Christ, so I know he's talking to me. Um, look at verse number 1. The instruction in verse number 1 says, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So that's my first instruction. I've been raised with Christ. I'm a believer. My first instruction is set my hearts on things, my heart on things above. Number one, God loves me so much, Pastor Childs, that he's even helping me with my thinking. Why in the world would he tell me where to set my mind? Because he knows if I don't, I don't know about anybody in here, but I can think some jacked up stuff. I can think some crazy stuff. I can think some dark stuff. I can think some ignorant stuff. But because God, I told you this is a love letter, right? But because God loves me so much, Sister Patty, hi. Because God loves me so much, he's going to say, LaShawn, I want you to set your minds on things above, on me, where I'm seated at the right hand of the Father, of God, my Father. And then look at verse number four. It says, set your mind on things above and not on earthly things. Why do you think you would have to remind us to do this? You know why? Because more times than not, we think about all of this stuff that we can see. More times than not, we think about the stuff that we see in the physical. How come all of them people last night were at the game and not at revival? You know, I'm thinking about what I can see as opposed to Lord, you know where folks, what, what they have going on, what they stand in need of. Let me just stop talking to my husband about it and talk to the Lord about it. Yeah. I said I was in relationship with them. That, that could have been a conversation that I had with the Lord. And that's why my husband, just in the midst of just looking, just went straight to the Father, Lord. 
the, and he started talking. All of these people need to be at Prairie Fire. That's the kind of relationship you can have with the Lord. He didn't say nothing to me because I couldn't do nothing about it. I was just fussing about all the people. So he just bypassed me and went straight to his father. And whatever their conversation was, that was between them. But when we when we stop looking at what we see in the natural and take it to the, uh, the, the spirit, that's what the Lord wants us to do. You know how I know? Because he said it in his word. And when I I open up my word, Pastor Doug, and I say, Lord, speak to me, or if I want a word from God, he just gave me two right there. Set your hearts on things above. Set your minds on things above. That's two things right there that he's telling me to do. Amen? Amen. So then when we look at verse number five, now I want you to check out verse number five, because I don't know what your teaching is and how you've been taught, but I want you to know that in this revival, you have the right to kill. Say that after me. I have the right to kill. I have the right to kill. And if somebody didn't say it, that's fine. I'm going to let you hear the Lord say it, okay? Let's look at verse number five. He says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Put to death. What does that mean? Kill? Kill it. He didn't say swat it. Oh, when uh, Mark was up here talking, and that fly was just all over him, and, and it didn't stop Mark, and, and that's just what the enemy does. When we're doing something for the Lord, the enemy will send any distraction, and Mark was just talking and swatting, and he just talking, and I was like, the devil is a lie, and that didn't let Mark bother him, because Mark had his mind set on things above, and not that fly that was flying in the natural, and if we could just start swatting flies in the spirit, and not let them distract distract us, that would help us keep our focus where it's supposed to be. Because if it wasn't a fly bothering us, it might be a supervisor bothering us. It might be our next neighbor bothering us. And sometimes it might be a spouse bothering us. But anything, anything to try to distract us from keeping our mind, the enemy wants to try to keep us distracted. But if we just listen to what it says in the love letter, you set your heart and mind on what's above. And you kill any that's in your earthly nature. Amen? Let's look to see what he specifically tells us that we have the right to kill. He says, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Idolatry. Can I stop right there on the sexual immorality, the impurity, lust, and evil desires? These are all referring to sexual sins. And when we look at the world, I don't, you can watch the news, you can look at your social media, you can hear people talking. There's a lot of sexual tell immorality it, going it, on today. And if you don't, if, if immorality is too big of a word for you, let me just break it down. Um, if a priest sleeps with a little boy, that's sexual immorality. Amen. If a man sleeps with another man, if a woman sleeps with another woman, if an adult sleeps with a child, those are some examples of sexual immorality, lust, and evil desires. And all of those things fall into our flesh, in the flesh. We're talking about things that the Bible says you kill that. And he says you kill it because that does not bring me glory. We have to put to death these sexual evil desires, not because I said so, it's because the word says so. And the word says so because that's not pleasing to God, amen? amen. So we have the right to kill, and I'm only talking to those who have been raised with Christ, because people in the world are doing it, and that's why they do, like you were talking last night, Pastor Child, there's people who follow what the devil say, but the believer must follow what the Lord says, amen? And the way that we follow what the Lord says, we have to read his word, Pastor Shannon. We got to find out what he's telling so that we know what we're supposed to do. Amen. And then when he tells us something, we just need to do what he says. There's no arguing about it. No him hauling about it. I'm going to do it Monday through Saturday. Uh, then when I go to church, I'm going to shout and scream and holler. And then when I get in my car on the way home, I'm going to start cussing you out again because I'm really hungry and we miss half the game. <laughs> We got to make sure that we are gratifying our spirit man and not our old man. Amen. Amen. Speaking of that, I, I brought some company with me today. Oh, can you see what can you see what yes. this says? Yes. This is the new man. Here, come 
here, Pastor. <laughs> put, the, put this in a chair, please. And then can you see what this says? Spirit. Yeah. Spirit. Can you put the new man and the spirit side by side in this chair, please? Side by side. Side by side, yes. New man first, then spirit. Just like that. And can you see what this says? Old man. Old man. Old man. Old man. Old man. And can you see what this says? Flesh. The flesh. All right. So I bought some company with me today. And so did y'all, if y'all know it or not. We got new men and we got old men. Um, and, and they're in conflict every day. Amen. In us. You know, those of us who have been raised with Christ, these two are in conflict every day. And it just depends on which one of these men that we feed, that's who's going to be the winner. Amen. But if we set our minds on things above and keep our hearts on things above, which is Christ, who's sitting at the right hand of the Father, we don't have to worry about losing the fight. Amen? Amen. All right, let's look at the word. We're at verse number six. We were talking about those sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and then greed. We can't forget about greed because I know somebody's saying, oh, that doesn't apply to me. I'm not sexually immoral. I don't have those desires. I would never dare dream of messing with a little kid and all of these things. Well, let's talk about greed then. There are some people who worship greed. Somebody wants to get rich quick. Somebody will take their paycheck, go scratch it off. I want to pick three. I want to do all of these things to get rich quick. Well, I'll just tell you like this. You know, Christians don't live off of luck. We don't live off of pulling down that handle and trying to get rich quick. There's even stuff in the Bible that says... Um, what we need to do with our will and what we need to do with our money and that God loves a cheerful giver. We need to be a good steward of what we have. But there's some people, and we're talking about the old man right now. We're talking about the world right now. There's some people who desire to get rich quick that they'll take a whole paycheck, take it down to one of the casinos, lose all of that money, and then come home and try to figure out how I'm going to live. And it's not just everybody in the world that does this. Some believers do the same thing and have the nerve and audacity to pray to the Lord, Sister Vicki, and say, Lord, help me. I can't pay my bills. Yeah. That, that's, that's what the world does. And us as believers, we can't follow after the world. We need to keep our focus on things uh, above. Amen? So the Bible says that, um, what, what, that was verse number six. Um, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to live in these ways um, in the life that you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these. I'm in verse number seven. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. And I'm going to read it again. Um, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as anger, rage, malice, slander and filthy language from your lips. Now he's talking to the believers, ladies and gentlemen. We can't talk like that anymore, Mark. We can't cuss people out and say hallelujah at the same time. Blessing and cursing, they don't come out of the same mouth. We used to talk like that. When somebody cut you off in traffic, I don't care if you live in the city or rural, wherever. When somebody cut you off in traffic, that doesn't give you the right to cuss them out and give them the bird. That doesn't give glory and honor to God. God loves us so much that even in his word, he tells us how we're supposed to talk. And he says, you get rid of that anger and all of that rage and that malice and slander when we're talking so bad about people and then he says that filthy language that comes out of your lips you get rid of that because that's not how Jesus talks that's not what Jesus does and, and, and so when we get in his word to try to learn to be more like Christ he loves us so much that he tells us what we need to kill and what we need to get rid of he doesn't walk us how can you walk around being angry and singing how great thou art at the same time Either you're going to be mad or you're going to sing. So how about if we stop being mad so much and start singing a little bit more? Amen. But we're talking about the old man because we were. everybody has the new and the old. Everybody has the spirit and the flesh. But if we would just listen to what the word says, when we ask the Lord to give us a word, he not only tells us what we need to kill, 
those sexual immoral immorality, and he also tells us what we need to get rid of. Stop cussing. Oh, and then look at verse number nine. He says, and, and don't lie to each other since you have taken off these, your old self with his practices and you put your new self on, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. I'm going to read that again. Don't lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with his practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of the creator. So now that we are new creatures, the Bible tells us of things that we need to take off, that we need to get rid of, and that we need to kill. Amen? Amen. And I'm just going to use this as an example. So this is my old man. And when I accepted Christ, I have to take this off. That means I can't focus on this. I can't concentrate on this. This shouldn't be my top priority because when I said yes to the Lord, I said, yes, Lord, I want to be more like you. And the more we get in his word, the more we spend time with him, the more we get in prayer. He's showing us and telling us specifically what we need to do to look more like Christ. Amen. These are the things you should kill. These are the things that you um, need to get rid of. Um, since you've taken off that old man, and now you are a new uh, creation. Amen? And so in verse number 11, he says, um, Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. And in verse number 11, that is so important because all of those things that are listed is what caused division. The Jews were over here. The Gentiles were over there. The free was up there. The slaves were over there. Let's bring it close to home. The Baptists are back there. The Methodists are over there. The Catholics are way down there. And then some of us got smart and said, well, we're a non-denominational over there, and we don't want nothing to do with nobody. The Republics can stay right here. The Democrats are over there. And there's so many things that divide, that keep the people divided, that keep us from being unified. But the Bible says in Christ, Christ is all. You scratch all of that stuff. Because for those of us who think we're going to heaven, I'm going to tell you guys something, but I don't want to hurt your feelings. There's not going to be division in heaven. The Baptists don't go to heaven first. The family church, even though you are beautiful people, y'all don't get to walk in first. The church of Christ, they don't get a special section. So when we're talking about being in Christ, and Christ is all, all of these denominations and all of these things that separate us will be no more. Because in heaven, it's Christ, and it's Christ only. Amen. When we are new creature, none of this matters. I don't care. Conservative, black, white, rich, poor. In Christ, Christ is all and Christ is everything. And when we keep our focus on Christ, all of these things don't matter. And that's what we were talking about last night uh, when Chris was ending the service talking about, you know, this is a unified church right here. I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about the people. Because I'm not going to ask who's Baptist, who's Catholic, who's Methodist. That's not, that's not what's important. I know all of those people who attend those churches are that. But we've all said that we are in Christ, so that makes us all in the same family. I don't know if y'all know or not, but Pastor Ron is my brother. Amen. He's my brother. You know why? Because we got the same daddy. Amen. Our mamas are different. You know, he looked more like his mama. I look more like my mama. But we got the same daddy, so that makes him my brother. And the same with everybody in here. And we're all in the same family. So how about we just cut this division out and focus on the Lord and unify together, amen? But you can only do that when your mind is right and when your focus is right. And when we're thinking about Christ and not all of this mess that we can see, amen? So let's look at verse 12. Because he loves us so much, he told us exactly what we need to do to kill or to take off. He's not going to leave us standing there naked. He's going to tell us what we need to put on. So let's look at the Bible in verse number 12 and see what he tells us to put on. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. So let me tell you this. God, every, when I ask the question, who's been raised with Christ... Uh, that means God has chosen you to be in your family. That makes us holy and that makes us dearly loved. 
So the next time one of your friends, your co-workers, or your neighbor says, mm, you think you holier than thou, you said, yes, I am because I've been chosen to be holy. Amen. That's not a bad word. That's a good word. And because God chose us to be in his family, you can call me holy all day long. Amen. But God chose us to be holy and dearly loved. But we can't be holy with the old, we got to put on the new. Right. So the Bible also tells us what we need to put on since we've taken off all of that old. And verse 12 says, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Amen. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Now, I know this doesn't apply to anybody in here because everybody raised their hands that they were uh, raised with Christ. I don't know why people, other believers, other Christians, hold on to grudges. Mm. Hold on to grudges so long, sometimes we forget what, we, what we're mad about. We can't even remember what happened. We don't even know the story behind it, but since my mama didn't like you and your family, then I don't like you and your family. And then when somebody in the family says, how come you don't like her, Lester? I don't know. <laughs> and we carry this down. We carry this down from generation to generation. But God loves us so much, he says, you can't be like that. And just like I forgave you, you have to forgive other people. Amen. The audacity that we would have to go to God and ask him to forgive us for our sins, and we don't want to forgive somebody because of ABC, and you fill in the blank. You know that fill in the blank that we're still holding on, that, oh, I'm going to forgive, but I ain't going to forget. And let me tell you, when somebody says that, they haven't forgiven, because the Bible says when the Lord forgives us, it's as far as the east is from the west. So if we're going to be more like Christ, we better forgive and forget, um, because that's what Christ does. Right. Let, let it go. Forget about it. You, you, because I'm going to tell you this, too. Sometimes we hold on to stuff so long, that other person, they went on about their business. They don't even know that you're pent up, that you're all locked down behind it, because they're not thinking anything about you. And they've gone on with life, and you're the one who gets swollen up when you hear their name, or see their picture, or somebody says, ooh, Doug is coming to the picnic, and you all swollen up. Doug ain't thinking nothing about you. So the Bible says, since you represent me, and you're in my family, I tell you to forgive them. Don't you worry about that other person. And if they're still doing the same things that they did to you, that is none of your concern. He's holding us accountable because we're the ones who said, Lord, I'll follow you. Lord, your will, not mine. Lord, I want to walk like you. Oh, what would Jesus do? Well, I will serve you till I die. Well, then we need to start doing what his word tells us to do. And these specific instructions says you forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And then let's look at verse number 14. Let me get my let me get my prop. Hold on. Will somebody read verse 14 right now? Out loud. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And above all these things, he says, put this is love, y'all. This is love. <laughs> this is the old man, but this is love, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm putting love on right now. How does love look on me? <laughs> he says, and above all these things, and these things that he was talking about is referring back to what he told us to do in verse 12, when he says, compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances that you may have against one another. And over all of these, all of these virtues, Put on love, because love is what binds all of them together in perfect unity. So ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about revival. 
We're talking about expecting something from the Lord. We're talking about getting a word from the Lord. And people come expecting and waiting for God to move. And we're looking around and waiting for him to do something. Do something to our community, Lord, and make it better. Do something in our community, Lord, to make these people come to church. To make these people come to the revival. And we're waiting for the Lord to make this mighty move in this revival. And he's telling us, revival starts with you. And don't you look at anybody else. Revival starts with you. And it starts by when you set your minds on things above and not what you see. When you take this man off and then he tells us what to put on. He tells us how we're, what we're supposed to think about. He tells us how we're supposed to talk. He tells us how we're supposed to treat people. And then he says, and then put on love. And why, Pastor Childs, do you think he said Put on love because God is love. Everything he is is love. Everything he does is about love and God is love. And that's how he wants us to be. So we started off right here. The old man, you know, we were born into sin. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. When we made that choice to become a part of Christ's life, uh, to be in his family, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. However, just like I said, there's a fight right here. Just because you've accepted Christ, ladies and gentlemen, don't think that that fly that was flying around Mark's head, and we'll call him the enemy. Don't you think he just won't let you join this side of the family without a fight? Because you started off over here until you made that choice to come over here. So if you think you can sit over here and cuss and lie and cheat and steal and sexual immorality and lie and all that worshiping, uh, uh, greed and money and all of these things. And when you say, I'm tired of doing this, I'm going to do it God's way. Don't you think that there's not, this isn't going to be an easy fight. Right. You left this game and came over to this game. You passed the first lick when you said, yes, Lord. And because of that, now the enemy is after you because he cannot stand Christ. He hated Christ and he hates us. So this war happens every day in our lives. However, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I don't care about that fly flying around. I don't care about all of the distractions. I don't care about gas prices rising. I don't care nothing about uh, the food is higher. Anybody bought groceries lately? You spend more money. You come out with less bags. What can we do about it? We can't stop eating. Uh, 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 the war over there in uh, Ukraine. Uh, what's going on in the schools? What's going on in your homes? And all of these things that we can list, that all belongs over here. It's supposed to be like that. You know why? Because that stuff over there is drawing somebody to Christ. Somebody can't take all of this stuff over here. This will draw somebody closer to Christ and say, Lord, I can't handle this. I want you to fight my battle. Right. Right. This, this isn't going anywhere. But we don't need to be afraid of this. There's nothing that the enemy, the old man, the flesh can do that's stronger or more powerful than this. However, we have to feed this man every day so we can make sure that we win. Because this is a real fight that we're in. Even as a believer, if you get up in the morning and fussing and cussing and complaining, you, you step back over in that chair. When you wake up on Monday morning fussing and complaining that you got to go to the work or go to the doctor or go see my mother-in-law or whoever it might be, you woke up all the way wrong. That's, that's how they wake up. You wake up on a Monday morning, you should be jumping, shouting, dancing. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know why? Because even today, somebody somewhere didn't wake up today, and you're going to get that news of that if it was somebody that you knew. So when we wake up, regardless, we need to start every day with a grateful heart and a thankful heart because this is what we do right here. We don't wake up fussing and complaining about a job. Somebody's praying for a job and you got one you hate. Somebody's praying for something that you got and you just uh, don't respect it. Somebody would love to have your man and you don't want him. Somebody thinks your wife is beautiful and you won't even tell her she is. We better get our stuff right and focus on what the Lord says, read what his word says and make sure we're doing his will. And we need to put this to death and make sure we're feeding this new man every day. 
and you talk about getting a revival, the Bible says if you want a revival, you need to put on love. Stop looking at what somebody's doing next door and you check yourself. And I don't even care who lives in the house with you. Don't worry about what your wife is doing. Don't worry about what your husband is doing. If they're doing something that you don't like or think, just pray. And you check yourself and make sure that you're doing everything that the Bible says that you put off and that you put on. We're, we're good about looking somewhere else, Bill. And saying who's not doing what and how come such and such ain't at the revival. And we made the announcements at church and how come Sister Sally ain't here. Oh, she should have been here last night. Don't worry about Sister Sally. You better listen to what the Lord's telling you and make sure you're in his will. Amen. Amen. And he says put on love. And you can't be talking about Sister Sally with, with love on. If you're going to talk about Sister Sally, you take this off and you put this one back on. And then you talk about Sally because it doesn't mix. But the Lord said, don't do it. You get rid of that anger and that rage and that malice and that filthy language because it does not bring me glory. Amen. Amen. Let's look at the word um, in verse number 15. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as a member of one body, you were called to peace. Us as believers, we were called to peace. Even in the midst of everything that's going on in this world, we were called to peace. We belong to God. God is our father. He's bigger and badder. Not not badder. Is he badder? In a good way. He's, he's badder in a good way. He's bigger than any of this stuff, but he called us to peace. And then it says we need to be thankful. We need to stop fussing so much and start giving God praise. You know, if you only got three teeth in your mouth, you just thank him for all three. If your bones are creaking when you stand up, thank God that you can stand up. Regardless of how you came in here, you didn't come in on a stretcher, you didn't come in on a walker, you didn't come in using a cane, but even if you did came to come in that way, you thank God that you were able to come in. We just take so much for granted like God's supposed to do this for me. I'm supposed to wake up in the morning and my house still be standing and I have food in my cabinet and I can decide which one of my three cars I want to drive and I got all this money in my bank account and I have credentials behind my name and I have a title at work and they call me ma'am at work because I'm somebody. None of that is nothing without Christ. Everything that we are is about him. Everything that we do is about him. And everything that he wants us to be is about him. And none of that has to do with us. And we need to be thankful that he chose us to be in his family. Right and since we are in his family, we need to start acting like we're in the family. Right and start talking like we're in his family. And start living like we're in the family. And stop looking like these folks and looking like these folks over here. And I'm talking to believers. Amen. Amen. The Bible also tells us, if we're looking for this revival, look at verse 16. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs in your hearts to God. I'm going to read it again. Let the word of Christ, which is the Bible, dwell in you richly. The Bible, we, we, should, we should eat the Bible. We should drink the Bible. We got to taste the Bible. It needs to be in us so much that it just exuberates anytime somebody looks at us. Like, you know, some people just so full of the Bible, they don't even have to open up their mouths and you can just look at them and you watch how they love and you watch how they move and you listen to how they pray. And some people are just so full of the Bible because she spent time in the Bible. Because the Bible is a priority in her life. I know this woman. I'm not going to call nobody's name. But I know of a woman who won't even leave her house until she spent time in the Bible. She needs to hear from the Lord. She needs direction from the Lord. The nerve of us getting up and starting a day without acknowledging the Lord and asking what it is that he'd have us to do. That's, that's what this old man might have done, but the new man shouldn't start the day off without the Lord. You can get to your coffee. We put more emphasis on coffee than the Bible. Just think if, if everybody, every time you poured a cup of coffee, you'd open up your Bible. Oh, there'd be some rich Christians. 
Some people have to start off with caffeine. Somebody needs that oatmeal. Somebody needs that bowl of cereal. We need to start our morning off with Christ and ask him to guide us throughout the day. And all we have to do is just open up his word because he tells us, hey, don't talk like this today. Don't lie like this today. Don't treat people like this today. But just love today. If you don't do nothing else today, put on love. And when we put love on, all of this is just out the window. Kill this with love. Because love is greater than anything because Christ is love. And this is what I like, um, you know, in verse number 16, it says, Let that word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another. Don't, don't keep all of this business to yourself. There's somebody who doesn't know Christ like you do, and somebody may be introduced to Christ by how you live and how you talk and how you love. So everything that you know about Christ, you go share that with somebody else. And the Bible says, um, with all wisdom as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitudes in your heart to God. And verse number 17 says, and whatever you do, whether in word or do deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. So let me just say this about revival. Revival isn't about a feeling. I don't want people to leave here today. I don't know how long you're staying, but don't measure if this was a good revival or not by how you feel. Amen. You know, if you don't rock out of here, that's, that, that's not what measures revival because revival is not a feeling. Revival is a commitment. Yes. It's a rededication. It's a re, uh, Lord, I, I need to do, I need to get back with you. It's a returning back to your first love. Yeah. Revival is about you. Don't worry about who didn't show up. Oh, how come such and such was here Thursday, but not today? Stop looking at such and such, and you just look at you. And in Colossians 3, if you're looking for a word from the Lord, when somebody asks you, somebody who wanted to be here but want to get their message through you because they wasn't bold enough or right enough to be here, and they say, did you get a word from the Lord? You say, yes, I did. Let's walk through them real quick. Verse 1 tells us uh, to set your hearts on things above. That's a word from the Lord. Another word from the Lord comes out of verse 2. Set your minds on things above. And then verse 5 tells us to put to death whatever your earthly nature is. And then verse 8 tells us these are the things that you must rid yourself of. And then verse number 9 says don't lie to each other. Stop lying. Tell the truth or don't say nothing. Stop. This came from the Bible, not me. Stop lying. If you want revival, if you want to be more like Christ, stop lying because Christ is truth. Uh, the word of God also tells us in verse 13, bear with each other and forgive grievances. You better forgive other people just like the Lord has forgiven you. And then verse 14 tells us to put on love because when we have love, we don't have to worry about all of this fleshly stuff going on down here. And then verse 15 tells us, let the peace of Christ rule in your life. We've been called to peace because we're in God's family. Verse 15 tells us to be thankful. When somebody does something nice for you, we're supposed to say thank you. God does something nice for you every day, and we better be telling him thank you. Mm. Verse number uh, seven to 16 says, and you let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You better spend time in the word. You better learn the word. You better read the word. You better hide this word in your heart. The Bible says, how can a young man keep his way pure by living according to the word? I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. If we want to be revived and live the life that we're supposed to live, we need to do what the Bible says. And then um, the verse 16 says, sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude to God in your heart. You know, instead of singing the blues all the time about something, we need to start praising, worshiping. We good about singing the blues. I don't like this. I hate this. I don't like this. I'm singing the blues. The, the God loves it when we praise him. Let's talk a little bit about praise and worship. You know, like when, when, you, when a, a little kid does something good, we'll say, oh, little Ronnie, that was good that you're playing nicely with Vicki. Uh, you're doing a good job. And we praise a kid for doing something good. 
Well, praise the same with God. When God does something good, we praise him. We praise him. Lord, thank you for what you've done to me. Thank you for what you've done, you know, what you're doing for me. When we worship God, we just worship him because of who he is. You know, and it's great to praise God and it's great to worship God. We need to stop singing the blues and we need to start praising, worshiping God. And the Bible says you sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude to God in your heart. And when I when I read this, this just came to my heart. Uh, Pastor Ron, uh, one of my favorite songs. How great thou art is one of them. But another one says, because of who you are, I give you glory. Because of who you are, I give you praise. Because of who you are, I will lift my hand. Lord, I worship you because of who you are. Lord, I worship you because of who you are. That's a worship song. And then there's another song um, about praise. You know, I'm praising you. I just want to praise you forever and ever and ever for all you've done for me. I don't care if you're worshiping. I don't care if you're praising. God loves praise and worship from his people. And the Bible says, start singing songs to God in your heart. And then it brings us down to verse number 17. And it says, but whatever you do, whatever you do in word or in deed, you do it in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God. Whatever we do, we need to do in the name of Jesus. So we're talking about revival. Revival starts with me. We need to stop looking at the community and we need to check ourselves. Revival starts with me. Revival's not looking at anybody else. Revival is a rededication or a recommitment to the Lord. It's not that we walked away from him. That's not it. But sometimes, Pastor Ron, even the believer gets caught up in the worries of life. And sometimes we slack in what we know we're supposed to be doing. And sometimes, Pastor, we don't wake up thanking and praising God. Me, the believer, uh, I don't always wake up thanking God. But then when I get in his word and then I'm reminded, you sing a song to me in your heart. You be grateful that you woke up. You thank me that I'm your father, that I chose you. I chose you to be loving and to be holy. And even the believer sometimes needs that rededication and recommitment. And it's not if the whole community decides to do so, it's when I decide to do so. And the revival is always a good way, Pat and Chris, to just bring people who don't belong to the same church or we have the same denomination, that doesn't matter. But you got a faithful few people who said, I'm coming to the revival expecting. I'm expecting God to move in a mighty and a powerful way. And God said, I will do just that. But I've also given you some instruction that you must do yourself. Because we can't be uh, rage and angry and hateful and expect God to move in a mighty way when we haven't done what he said in his word. Stop lying. Uh, get rid of those evil desires. Stop that uh, sexual immorality. He tells us specifically what it is that we need to do when we talk about revival. We need to return back to our first love, and I need to do that on my own. Yeah, I would love it if Pastor Child and I would do it together, and we'd get in the truck today and say, baby, are you ready? Baby, I know we get tired. I know we work another job, and when I get tired of fooling with them folks all day long, I don't want to do nothing, and I don't want to read nothing, and I don't want to pray. I'm tired. I'm hungry. Don't you ask me what we're eating for dinner today. I don't care. I don't care if you eat or not. I don't care. And that doesn't even matter when I stop. All of that and put my focus on the Lord. Yeah. Honey, how was your day? Was everything okay for you today, baby? Whatever you want for dinner tonight is yours. Baby, let's eat early because when we get done tonight, I got to get in my word. You go in the office, I'm going to go over at the table. But I need to spend some time with the Lord today because I need to be with him. I need to get in his word. I need to praise him. I need to pray. I have a desire to get in his word. 
honey, I love you, but I love the Lord more. <laughs> Revival starts when we, me, myself, decide to recommit, rededicate my life to the Lord in spite of what's going on. This isn't bigger than this. This can't outweigh this, and I'm already all a part of this, so I just need to make sure that I follow the instructions, I've heard what he said, I'm doing what he says, and that I stay in his word. Revival starts right now, y'all. Right now it is 135, 134. It's revival time, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's, it's recommitment time, ladies and gentlemen. It's rededication time, ladies and gentlemen. It's revival o'clock, ladies and gentlemen. And revival starts with me. Amen? sing that first song. But what did she do when she got through the first one? Uh, I saw that. You turned around and said, hey, can we do this? <laughs> and then you gave me a thumbs up when you were done. I know it primed your pumps, right? You got you ready. I changed my focus. Amen. Amen. And what a message. And it's for all of us. I love it. 